Yo, episode 40? Dang. I remember being nervous as hell releasing our first three episodes just like it was yesterday. Well, hey, there's a little chit-chat about robots and about dogs and about robot dogs and things like that. And here's your trigger warning. There's a little bit about injury and harm to animals that you might just want to skip. Otherwise, enjoy. To get right to it, you can jump to the 12 minute and 30 second mark. I'll talk to you soon. Previously on Knucklebones. The aftermath of the Echo Dragon attack brought the crew of the Yuruka together to help those who were injured, including our near and dear friend Liza. Dizzy Dosk and Captain DeSangre called the butts down to the captain's quarters for a little private meeting. In the captain's quarters, the two groups swapped information and Liza found an old map that showed a place called Lumen Sanctum, the last known map of the island contained within the Maelstrom. In a massive show of faith to his new friends, the captain gave possession of his umbral spyglass to Babitha, but he was very clear that it was still his. Ultimately, the result of their palaver was this. Despite the Echo Dragon menace, the expedition would go on. Bone Boys, Skelades, Osteo-NBs, Trans-Taluses, Chitin Kids, and all the cartilaginous folks in between, welcome back to Knuckle Bones. There's no rule that says a dog can't captain a ship. And there's no rule that says a dog can't fight a horse <laughs> or a cat. Imagine that octagon. There is wait, a wait, rule wait, wait, that's illegal. That a, Hold on. That a dog can't <laughs> fight a person. Is there? I mean, yeah, if a dog attacks a person. I've definitely gotten in a fight with a dog. It is legal uh, where we live. Uh, it, it is clearly expressly <laughs> listed in the city, you know, ordinances under the heading killing dogs, uh, wherein it is legal Oof. to use a firearm to kill a dog if it is attacking a person. Wow, standard ground laws have gotten really progressive. <laughs> My question is this. A dog can, can't fight a person, but can a person fight a dog? Like what recourse does a dog have? Well, yeah. well no, a person, person cannot fight a dog, dog because it is that dog allowed to use a firearm to defend the <laughs> <laughs> oh my Well, God. so here's the thing. It also does state in the law, right, that you can't, you know, cause harm to an animal. My money, my money uh, says And you that cannot if, kill an animal that belongs to somebody else. My money says uh, if the dog can use a firearm, it should be allowed to. And my I money don't jiggle, jiggle, when a dog shoots it me. folds. I like it when you... Bow, bow, bow! That's, have you guys seen... I think it's the Boston Dynamics, like, dog robot that was yeah. running around. And, like, everyone saw the clip. It's been going around for a couple of years, and it's like, oh, they're just going to put guns on that fucking thing. And then, yeah. like, oh, yeah, this yeah. last week or two, there's a clips going around all over of, like, yep, they put a big fucking gun on that thing, and it's super terrifying. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and also a little bit cool, so... We are living cool. in Zoids. It's cool when it's science fiction. As We're living as in like, the worst timeline. Well, as soon as you realize, like, the way these things work is they're getting built by, like, a defense contractor, and they're going to be just, like, for sale. 
you know, and you're like, oh, I hate this future. Like, okay. Oh, wait, so, if I can buy a gun, can I buy a robot dog wielding a gun? Well, so then I see things are getting a little and bit interesting here. And isn't allowed to here. shoot you if she's right, trying to Right, exactly, it. because <laughs> as the law currently stands, a person cannot fight a dog, right? And a dog cannot fight a person. But if a dog does fight a person, another person can use a firearm to kill that dog. So it does seem logical that if the dog can handle a firearm, right, by the transitive property, that if a person is attacking a dog, that another dog with a firearm should be able to defend that dog <laughs> there's with no firearm. There's, there's no, no rule, rule that, that says, says a robot dog, dog can't shoot another person attacking a dog. Exactly. So, so if I, we... I'm saying it's a, the dog version of RoboCop, right? It goes around <laughs> looking for fucking animal abusers, and it Doggo takes cop. them fucking out. If we if we use the the Patrick rules from SpongeBob, where it's just he's just standing there menacingly, is that gonna become a a predicate to murder random doggos just on the street? No, no, no. Oh, if if a dog... well, you have to say it. It's coming right for me. Yeah, if a dog sniffs in the wrong direction of a police officer, it gets shot 147 times while they don't save any school children. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Right, yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. Honestly, that was uh that is uh answer C on question forty three of their test. <laughs> and you guys <laughs> just nailed it, huh? <laughs> well, robo dogs are the future of humanity, and I think we all know it. You know, the thing about the Robocop analogy here is I keep going back to the Verhoeven Robocop where you yeah. learn that like yeah. actually they set him up to like, get murdered and then like because he was a good candidate for the Robocop program and it, there's like right. a real insidious like you know there's some poor German shepherd who set up to jump on a landmine or some shit <laughs> like do, <laughs> doesn't come back from fucking no I think that they were the set up they were instigated by a shitty neighbor so they right? can be rebuilt as so a that some that. right they were like fuck that dog you know i don't like it and they were like oh perfect we found the perfect dog that also has like a neighbor that we can blame right that we can be like oh my god we can't believe that your neighbor killed your dog it's mm -hmm. terrible right but meanwhile it's not that they neighbor killed your dog it's just that they were covering up that they were taking your dog for a super secret spy <laughs> DARPA was trying to turn your dog into a robot <laughs> murder dog? Doggo yeah. Cop? Yes. I mean, honestly, yes. Doggo Cop sounds like Dago a movie Cop. I would watch the shit out of. <laughs> 100%. 100%. I would watch that yes. movie 100 times. I just, this just popped into yeah, my brain. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if anyone else read these <laughs> things. Yeah, oh, copyright, trademark, uh, registered, Knucklebones, Pod, Incorporated. Um, Wordmark. I was like a, a dog-obsessed kid. Mm -hmm. I think Same. a lot of kids are. Um, one of the weird things that also because like but like boy culture or whatever one of the ways that cross-sectioned with like things little boys are supposed to be interested in in the america in the 90s is that i had this book that was like heroes of war dogs edition it was just what? every chapter was like a harrowing tale of a dog sacrificing their life to like save troops in some oh my arena. god and there's this incredibly visceral description that has never left me. Please don't share. Please don't all share. All the time. It's it's 
it's just really badass in a way that I'm is like so quite terrifying. interested yeah it's literally apparently they had dogs on normandy why? when they stormed the beach uh-huh. uh, and not a ton of canine units obviously but that's yeah why one. why you brought them on a boat why and i think we know so why here's here's what they're trained to do there's pillboxes like the little bunkers where they just have like, oh, like in fentanyl? a machine gun uh-huh. yeah and these dogs would these dogs would sprint <laughs> yeah exactly like that uh, they would sprint up the beach and then jump, and they could just jump through the slit and fucking murder the gunners. And so there's these like dogs that were basically faster than anyone else, so they would sprint up, jump, and just maul a guy's fucking. That's face some off. real like, Ender's wow, Game shit, box. where it's just like that dog 100 yeah. percent thinks that's a game, it's like, and is having the time of yep. its life until its brains <laughs> get blown out, oh, and it has wow. no clue. And then it was and like, you just destroyed can... Germany, dog. All I can think yeah. about is like, yeah, of course, a dog. Like we've all, we've all seen a dog that has that level of athleticism of like, yeah, I could jump right. eight feet in the air and compress myself into and a, murder like, a human space and land and like freak the fuck out. Yeah, it's like I think they just fucking take dudes out. And like this is insane. Like how? I'm just seeing like a happened. like a early 2000s comedy movie where it's like bad CGI where a like vaguely blurred dog animal comes into frame and just human and animal just just go straight out of frame and then it's just like yeah way to go doggo and that's the scene i can picture that all too well yep (laughs) just the bad cgi the blurred motion yeah they're both gone yeah perfect and then a wilhelm scream and that's it My leg. And scene. That's the that's the SpongeBob version of the Wilhelm scream. It was so funny. There was a there was a compil there's a compilation of the my leg from SpongeBob, and uh, that was like posted to Reddit a couple years ago, and people were just like, "Holy shit! I never noticed this." I'm like, "How? You watched more than two episodes of that show, and Wait. you didn't notice my leg?" Right. Every fucking episode. Oh, it's the what same voice. It's one. It's the voice of the guy who plays all the fishes, like all the fish, like people who walk around. And every time, like something yeah. falls over or something happens in like a crowd, you just hear this same recording of a dude going, <laughs> "My leg!" <laughs> just every time. Well, yeah, it's a specific <laughs> character. Like, you think you see the, you see the yeah. character once. You see the guy, and he's got like a crutch and a and a yeah, cast it's a hundred percent. And so then, like the the joke is just that they just keep fucking that one guy up over and over yeah, and like, over. Again. I I didn't know the concept of a Wilhelm scream, but to me it was just like it is both laziness and also just like a funny running bit to fuck up a fuck up that one yep. guy and also just have like your own version of a Wilhelm scream in your show that is canon that is one guy who keeps getting fucked up it's just funny right? <laughs> <laughs> it's all, I mean like even the the actual Wilhelm scream is such a weird thing where you're like because I remember like the first time I clocked that it was definitely the same sound I think it's probably Star yeah. Wars and then Indiana Jones and I'm like and I'm like oh that's weird that they recycled audio and then like way later learned like oh no it's just a big joke There's yeah it's like these, an industry joke in the 70s and 80s thought it would be funny to just include yeah. it in every movie somewhere and it had just like perpetuated and it's like oh that's actually kind of rad like mm-hmm. it's just like 
That's some silly yeah, fucking bullshit. People were fucking before. jacked up on quaaludes back in the 70s, having, being like, wouldn't this be silly? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Silly D&D time. Hmm? You, I, you were genuinely proud of yourself for that, as if that yep. wasn't just you saying let's play. Hey man, I'm on quaaludes. Yep. I'm ready to go. <sighs> You're welcome. I don't have the natural improviser skill like some of you have, but what I can do is interrupt, say single word segues, and move us right along. Hell yeah. I wish I was on quaaludes right now. I've done them. And, it, and the fancy ones are the Mercedes Benzes. I don't think you say I've done them if they were prescribed to you, my dude. No, I've done <laughs> Benzos. <laughs> Guys, I got real fucked up on some Benzos because I got... Because otherwise I've done... I really got my like neck hurt and the doctor gave... I got a dealer to give me some Benzos, dude. He was my next door neighbor. <laughs> like you're not doing drugs at that point you just have anxiety <laughs> all right <laughs> all right all right all right <clears throat> here we go dungeons and dragons is is the name of the game and liza babatha and ronin is the name of the players ronin is not the wait name ronin's player. not here <laughs> Wow, I, I, uh, I mean, I knew Matt. I knew rock. Matt as Ronan for two years before we played this game. Like that was how I knew Matt. He is still saved in my phone as Ronan, Ronan doesn't McCray. exist. Yeah, Ronan doesn't exist canonically yet. Although I don't yet. know, you keep introducing. Hey characters. man, Iracon, Iracon lives in this world though. Hey, speaking of Iracon, the afternoon sun beats down on the Iracana Ocean and everyone who is working the deck of the Uruka. For the most part, the captain diligently stands post at the helm, occasionally barking orders or two to his subordinate, and Dizzy Dosk paces the deck, obviously remaining vigilant of any unforeseen threats. There's an increase in the amount of black smoke billowing from the backside of the ship, and the propellers themselves radiate their white light from the runes etched on them. The plan, as you understand it, is a hard push for the remainder of the day and arrive at the maelstrom at some point after nightfall and begin investigation immediately. What are you guys doing throughout the day? This is well after your meeting, maybe not well after, but after your meeting down in the captain's quarters, you guys have gone your separate ways to take care of your separate responsibilities. I'd look. Like... <coughs> <coughs> you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, darling. I, I don't know what came over there. I had a little um, <laughs> a frog in my throat. She glances over to Blap, who uh, obviously rolls his eyes. Did not realize that was the relationship occasionally. Oh, oh, gross. <laughs> so we are no. Th th it's the next day. We're no longer with. Uh, this would be the same day. It's just later. After you guys had. You know, you finished your lunch and coffee or whatever you were drinking um, in the meeting. You guys went your separate ways, and the captain has gone back to the helm, and Dizzy has gone back to her soldiers. 
Right, my butt cheeks. I'd like to have a little team meeting. Well, I don't um, like that at all. <laughs> uh, maybe we could uh, abscond away to somewhere a little more private. Do you um, guys mind if um, if I join you too? Yes. <laughs> I am of many minds, oh. and... Sorry, I'm Rafe the Breaker, if you didn't remember. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. You are the Oath Knight that has a nickname that has nothing to do with the fact that you are an Oath Knight. It is because you are a beach bum. That's it. Well, I, I mean, I definitely do have, you know, verdant Oath Knight armor and have taken the oath, so that, that counts for something. I'll... Y- you know what? Um, I'll show myself out. But but just remember, if you guys need any help with anything, uh, I am competent and capable. Now, so now, Rafe, Rafe, let me hit. What you can do for us? Go on down down there in the front of the ship. Feast those eyes uh, on the waves, and I want you to write up a little report. Tell us about the ocean. Tell us about the weather. Uh, we're gonna need that information when we go down to the island. Yeah, of course. Sounds great. You have a notebook and a pencil. You're going to have to procure those things yourself. Well, you were just the first person I was going to ask. All right. Uh, well, I, I would suggest the quartermaster. Oh, yeah. I guess I, I guess that's probably going to make the most sense, huh? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Hey, you can count on me, old Wraith. That's Buddy Wraith. Are you mispronouncing your own name? Yeah. Look, I just got attacked by a dragon earlier today. So, like, I died. It hit my head a little hard. Hey, you know what? Maybe have a lie down first. The 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 wave stuff. You got the whole rest of the day. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. All right, I'm out of here. I don't know why I interrupted you in the first place. You guys are having a meeting or we something. We were best friends. Is that what it was? Just a just a little little team meeting of the buds. I'm out of here. I guess. I'll Bye, Rafe. Catch my insufferable. Man, I'm of the same mind though. We should we should hash this thing out. I. I presume it's a shock to all of you as it is to me that there's an island out there in the maelstrom. Well, I, 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 I truthfully didn't know what to expect in the maelstrom. It could have been, uh, you know, black hole just feeding on all of the surrounding existence with its own kind of self-propelling storm system, or it could of course have a landmass, or be some sort of wormhole to another dimension, but I honestly, I've got to say best case scenario seems to be that there being a landmass there uh, for us to land upon. Um, that being said, I want us to discuss all of our options. Now, the ideal scenario being that the Yaruka and its uh, and her crew being able to navigate the maelstrom and touch down would be plan A. But, um, well, I've got a plan B and I'm kind of hoping, I mean, I'm not, well, it would, uh, it might be better as like a plan C or a plan D. And so I just wanted to kind of see where you guys are at, like what your kind of like vibe on the whole century is. Um, because mine's You're, you're qualifying this too much for me to think it's going to be a good idea. <laughs> well, mm, you see, my dears, when, when we were back at the Hobbit Hall with luck, I was talking to my, uh, my, my, oh, 
My former liaison, Cormac, and um, well, he gifted me much like they gifted the rest of you some um, some special little little, little trinkets. And um, well, I don't want to say that he played favourites, of course, darling, but we do go way, way back. And well, so I have this um, this lovely, lovely necklace, and she kind of like pulls out, you know, this like. It's clearly like the chain's too long, you know, and it's been wedged in between her very large breasts, so you definitely have not seen it. She kind of pops it out. (laughs) Um, Now, um, not only is it a a beautiful uh, little trinket, it, um, well, you see, it allows me, and uh, I'm not sure exactly how many, but if I had to wager a guess, I'd say eight. Eight feels like a good number. Eight willing creatures. Um, it allows me to to transport this said number of approximately eight willing creatures to another plane of existence. Um, now... Theoretically, we have, you know, this um, umbral spyglass. We could, we could see here, perhaps, if the landmass exists in both planes and we're unable to sort of, you know, cut through the maelstrom, all other things considered, we could perhaps teleport to um, umbral? Um... And then, and then, but just for a moment, just for a moment, to get this... us on the island, and then we pop right back up to uh, to this plane of existence. You know, I'm saying it, and, and, and I'm seeing and now, your faces, and I'm feeling like you're not. I think our goal here should be to limit Ombros' interaction with us as much as possible, and going there seems... Uh, counterintuitive. Well, okay, wait. Before I say this in character, am I remembering correctly <laughs> that we we could see the gem in both worlds? Yeah, and they both and they looked yeah. identical on both planes. Right. So you know, I'm just saying, for any reason, it's inaccessible. We have an alternative route. Like I said, maybe not an ideal plan B. Maybe perhaps better to be a plan C or a plan D. I, I, I'm curious what you're bringing to the table, Galtier. Well, obviously, we would prefer to just fly there. Well, obviously, darling. That's plan A. That's why it's plan A. Obviously, plan A is always the preferable You were option. saying a lot about hoping for some other things. I just want to make sure you get yourself sorted. Now, <sighs> this may not be much better, but we do have at least one potion of water breathing. Liza just jumps <laughs> off the boat. Flep is laughing. Uh, in in Grun <laughs> because he's a fucking amphibian and he does not eat. Uh, well, that would that we only have one. So the question would be, what can we do for the other two people who would need one? Should we have to park the ship on the outskirts of the maelstrom and make the way to the island well, somewhere else? Also, Nick, are there boats on this airship? Like little like, dingies? Like lifeboats? Uh. Yeah, I, I think that that stands to reason that there's going to be some little lifeboats strapped to the outside, yeah. Okay, are these boats, in the event of like a water landing, there are lifeboats, or are there like little tinier, smaller airships? <laughs> 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 the 
they come you with know, like that. Maybe they look like those scuba diving things, you know, where if you are good, diving no, by yourself with the handles. Good try, though. Good try, uh, though. No, they're definitely little, little things for sure. Just little lifeboats. <laughs> little yugars, yeah. They just have they just have cages full of small griffins for people to ride on if there's a crash land. No, in every <laughs> there's a case with those bronze griffins. Oh, we have yugar also. Uh, yeah, full hold on a minute. What do you think was in the barrel that you threw in the bottom of the sea? All those little yugars. <laughs> Three hundred and sixty-seven small yugars. No, yeah, there's there's a there's like dinghies on the side of the boat for sure. Going over a, a, so we, an ocean mission, they would definitely have those. What um, what's her summoning rules on Yugar, real quick? I think once yeah. every seven days, you can summon him for eight hours or something like that. Okay, so we we can't bam him out just to go like, hey man, you think you can fly through that shit? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I have a potion of water breathing in my inventory. I thought we got a couple. Yeah, I, I thought I we so got too. two. Because I remember it was one less than what we than what was convenient. Oh, um, gotcha. And I mean, also, what are the water? What are the drowning rules? Because isn't it like very liberal? Yeah, it's like it's it like takes minutes. like seventy five minutes for you to die underwater, yeah. right? Like, I think it's your con in minutes or something like that, and then you start rolling against something else or or something. Yeah, but they're very generous. But. Yeah, my thought is that if we think we can be roughly safe in that environment, we we just got to figure out maybe the airship can get low if it can't if it can't fly there it, if it can get low and drop us off in a dinghy, that gives us a fighting chance to just paddle our way there. And if that you know goes awry, we want to just be prepared to not drown in the ocean in, yeah. in the middle of a like multi-dimensional storm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, before we make those preparations, final. Uh, is this this Lumen Sanctum? I know we got a little bit of information from the captain and them, but in y'all's training, is that do you know anything about this place and what it might be and why it perhaps? Give me history rolls, please. Do we all get to roll? I think you already did. Yeah, go ahead. I think I, I think I did too. That's what I was. I'll, I'll just ignore now. yours, but go ahead. Uh, okay. I got in a left. <laughs> Liza got an illustrious five. Oh no, sorry, Ooh. six. Oh dang. So tell me everything. Of course. Liza got an illustrious five. Wow. Blep. Huh. Got an illustrious eight. Fucking killing it. So no, none of us know anything about this place. Other than Nikki, the, you promised to ignore it, and I legit rule a natural twenty. <laughs> I, I have to maintain my promise to ignore. I'm pretty confident that you rolled on this uh, towards the end of the last episode, so it doesn't seem right to give you another one here. Yeah, the Lumen Sanctum isn't isn't something that clicks with any of you guys. Um, Liza, it sounds like maybe it was like a spa in Astrovale or something. I seem to remember a lemon sunkum. Mm, oh, and it was uh, good. What? No, his name was Lemon Sunkum. Uh, you are saying sounds, and they mean so little to me. <laughs> he meant nothing to me either. He was a wonderful mark to always take advantage of every time I went to Rastover. Oh, another one of your crime stories. Great. Yes. So, I really did feel like we didn't get a clear answer. Like, we were like, obviously, we want to go 
to the land. And the captain was like, you sure that's what you want? Like, but also like, yeah, that's what we want too. Mm -hmm. But does the captain actually give us any information about how exactly they planned to get through the maelstrom? Or are well, they just so, like, no one's tried it? So there's so. there's two, two things that factor here. One is, first and foremost, the reason you have the umbral spyglass is because the, basically, to your knowledge, the 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 meteor bust a hole in the maelstrom that you can see with the umbral spyglass. Okay. Now, the reason that that becomes a big question mark is because obviously you're looking at it from Astrovale, which is a long ways away. So, so the exploration mm -hmm. has to be done to see if that's even a plausible option to go through it. Gotcha. So maybe you okay. get over it and you guys all have to skydive in. You know, who knows? Ooh, Fortnite. Right. <laughs> I was thinking like uh, Reign of Fire with Matthew McConaughey. Never oh, saw it. So sick. Remember the parts they would like skydive down on the dragons? Yeah. When they, yeah. When they jump out of helicopters with battle axes yeah. to fight dragons? Yeah, that movie is bonkers. Right. Thank you. It. Thank you. I'm glad that didn't. It's, that, I'm glad that oh, got caught by somebody. Oh, didn't it you was bring Mikey. this up last, night, last week? Mikey, Maybe. if you've never seen Reign of Fire, you would love that shit. It's McConaughey, Christian Bale. That's the other there's, guy. There's yeah. another, there's another Michelle like, Rodriguez, I think. And it's it's like a post-apocalyptic world wherein dragons are real and have awoken and destroyed everything. And then it's like their last gasp to save this like uh, dystopian encampment from this. It's awesome. You know, and like every, everything that's bad about it is bad in a great way. Mm -hmm. And then a bunch of stuff about it's like genuinely good. Huh. Okay. So, yeah. So that's the thing is they just don't, you have to explore to see if, to see what your options really are. And this is the first time in 10 generations that that's been plausible. Right, because now all of a sudden we have traveled by air without requiring people to fly unprotected. <laughs> Just mm. one broom trying to fly all the way out there. Mm. Nah. So, as you guys are discussing your plan, I don't know what your real conclusion here is anyways, but... Uh, I mostly just wanted to remind the party like what we have available to us because on the one hand I thought that I was like oh this would be a funny thing for me to just do in a pinch and then I saw that it has to be willing creatures and so I was like no then that means I need to talk mm. to them about what I can do beforehand yeah. because we all will have to agree to it or, it, or someone will get left behind. Mm. Consent is magical y'all. Fuck yeah it is. I also will say that uh, Liza has the ability to link with four other people for 1d6 hours and speak to them telepathically uh, as long as they are within a mile of me. And that is TBD on how I will have that be a thing within <laughs> thy story. <laughs> Just an option. Yeah, that's some SEAL Team Six shit for us. I, cool. I may use it just to speak in the head of someone that I want to kiss. What? No, I want to. <laughs> I want to tongue him. So while Gross. you guys are making this plan, you guys are up on the deck. Or yeah, where are you guys chatting? I think I think we probably found. You said there's like a. Um, Oh yeah. god! Yeah, you've a, got like, like cafeteria lounge. Like I bet we can yeah. sort of find the uh, hitaway table and kind of hush hush. Okay. Yeah, I kind of think like shipboard tavern kind of situation. Yeah. What's what's the corner? What's the closest to a corner booth we've got on the table? You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, as you guys are having this conversation, um, roll a perception check, Galtier. You guys can all roll it. Uh, 
Goth shell. Uh, and there's an eight for Goth, yeah. You fool. That is a 19 from Liza. Blep has a 17. Okay. Babitha has a 10. Um, but yeah, so Liza, you guys are having this conversation, and Galtier is emphatically explaining how some magical idea that Babitha is having is wild, and you see the portly, mutton-chopped man walk from the backside of the mess hall. This is the same man, Lawson Aklo, that tried to stab Galtier. Uh, Liza is going to... Liza is still, despite my jokes uh, earlier saying that I turned into Rafe, uh, Liza is still kind of in those, uh, like, not debutante, but the the diplomat robes that everyone, all the other, like, uh, well-to-do folks are in. And Liza's just going to kind of put themselves in between portly man and G if possible and just keep an eye on him yeah so as this guy's walking through it's it's pretty apparent to you like he he looks over and sees Galtier and maybe kind of scoffs a little bit and shakes his head mm. but he doesn't seem to be coming towards Galtier gotcha. okay and I'm just gonna like elbow G in the ribs very lightly and just kind of like head point towards the guy Oh, what do you do? Oh, oh, God damn it. I knew they weren't going to keep him down there for very long. They did not take him security very seriously on this vessel. No. I suspect, and that Galtier will, like, get quiet for the first time. <laughs> like, I suspect there are other factors play here, other factions pulling some strings. I don't know if the captain is necessarily on our side, though he seems like a good egg. The fact that they don't take any of that seriously uh, rubs me the wrong way on a vessel that's on a partially military, definitely exploratory mission. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm not really sure what to think of all of these people either, but you know, I am used to dealing with the COVID and making accommodations for all sorts of personality types. I mean, shoot, look at us with you. Oh, now, okay. Roasted. Absolutely, goddamn. Got him. I, I got him. <laughs> got him. <laughs> Would you have any, like, broad idea of what, like, factions might exist in Astervale that could potentially be, like, at odds? Or would you know of any associations that this Lawson guy has? I mean, we. I wonder if he's a part of, um, you know, said said the the order of of the luminous, you know, the kind of remnants of the. Well, now that that is an interesting theory there, because I I had the same thought about the the lumen sanctum. There's this light motif. Yes, hmm. it, it just seems to me that perhaps hmm. you know we the way they say, the dying sect that used to be there perhaps they did not die; they merely diluted. And that's how we ended up with the, the, this order of um, persistent, a small but vocal minority. Hey, pals. Rafe here. How's it going? Can I sit with you? I heard you talking about Aklo. What were we talking about, Aklo? I don't remember talking about them, but 
Just sit down. I think it'll be more annoying <clears throat> if you if we tell you to leave. I can be very persistent, is what I've heard. Christ. That man tried to murder me, and and he is just walking around. Yeah. Don't you take well, justice seriously here? What are your oaths to? Is it to surfing? Well, not no. That might be more of like a personal thing that I've done, but I've taken my oaths to Delane. I've taken my oaths, and I have my loyalties that I hold, same as you do. And that's to just release violent criminals in an enclosed space? Well, you know, he's not my responsibility, to be frank about it. That's more along the lines of... Of course he is! Did you not swear an oath of justice to your kingdom? Well, you and you are both just sitting here, too. Why is it my job? Look at the color of your armor there, son. I'm from halfway across the world. He is is an Astrovale Knight, though, right? No, no, he's from from Delane. He's green. Oh, I thought you said he... I knew he was from... I thought he had sworn the oaths in Astroville for some reason. Uh, oh, the, no, no, Delane. The joke was that he got he got the breaker from spending so much time... Oh, no, actually, you said he surfed in Delane. Yeah, yeah. Delane is on the, on the opposite side of the continent. On it's the on the other coast. coast. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, then I'm just wrong, damn it. That, that, hey, that, that East Coast surfing can be perilous. Mm-hmm. A lot of, lot of it's, way, it's much colder over there too. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, I got you, dude. Well, so here's what I heard about the Aklo Cat. If you're interested, this guy funded like a huge portion of this ship. He practically owns it. And on top of that, this is what just just what Dizzy told me day before. Well, he's the big. Uh, uh, what's the word? What would you call him? He is the hospital. You know what I mean? He's like you're, he's one of those you're fellows. You have to yeah. elaborate. He, yeah, healer. He's one of those fellows with the with that great healing power and stuff like that. So he's like, like the he's the top or... top gun cleric. Yeah, I'm not so sure if he's like into the clergy per se, but yeah. I thought you were making like a I am the Senate joke, and I was quite concerned and confused. Now, my presumption here would be probably to say that once that Echo Dragon hit up on the deck there, they had, you know, they had to let him go to take care of some business, you know what I mean? That's fair. That is not how a brig works at all. Well, a hospital can't work without a healer, so it's like, what are you going to do? Bring the injured people to the front of the bars where he can do the magic and then leave them in his cell to rot. Oh, that's a good point. Right, right. It's actually it's, it's so actually funny quite when simple. rich people think there's such a thing as justice. <laughs> yeah, she's not wrong. He does own like half the ship, so kind of tracks when you think about it. Did he own the stuff in that crate that they made fall off the ship? Oh no, I didn't even think about that. I hope he did. I hope he didn't. Otherwise, he's gonna be even more angry. Well, he can suck my teeth. If he wants to, probably. He's got a lot of money. I don't... Blip, Blip says that uh, he can eat his ass. Oh. Cloaca. Don't, don't, don't frogs have cloacas? I mean, to be fair, his cloaca is his ass. Yes. Like... Oh, it was a translation. My bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a little unfortunate, but if you're not feeling great, you can probably just go chat with him and he can hook you up, help you out a little bit. Hell, I bet if, I bet if he I bet if he did get you earlier, he probably fixed you right up afterwards. 
Maybe he's just testing well, first you. First of all, Maybe. there was a 0% chance he was going to get me, and there's an even smaller chance that I would use his help on anything. Yeah, I know that's fair. I'd probably, you, I'd you, probably stay away you from You might think too. that money makes the world go around out here, but that's not the way it works in Madrigal. Let me uh, tell you one thing, bud. We're not in Madrigal. Oh, of course you are. Don't you serve the one true king? You can have... You can have your original distinction if you would like. This is going to be exhausting. I'm going My to... oath is to Delane. Delane's oath to the king. Yeah, this is... It's all hierarchy. Truly some states' rights bullshit that I just don't want to deal with. So let's just cut it off it's right now. It's just exhausting. I cannot deal with that. You two I'm are like, on the same... I wanted to have a plan and order. I'll get you a spritz. I wanted you guys to need, do some strategizing, but I will... Yes, I will take a spritz, but I'm still unhappy. Grape, grapefruit spritz? I, I, we got a grapefruit spritz, lemon spritz. Yeah, what, yeah, what's the one? Pump is fine. Okay, I'm, right, I, right, I just... Right, right. Um, I'm still really feeling underprepared. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And mm. also feeling like there's not a lot that I can do here. So I'm getting a little bit anxious. Right. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to take a potion, but I thought, well. <laughs> At least start with spritz. We could all use a spritz. Everybody could use a spritz. Right. Take a deep breath. Hope no more giant uh, semi-corporeal dragons appear. Um, you know, nothing bad ever happens when you're at a tavern aboard an airship. That's what they say. That's what they will say. Uh... After we set that precedent, because this is the first <laughs> airship uh, with a tavern and hasn't been tested yet, so tulip, and she starts to walk off towards the tavern. She's holding on to hubbub, which is helping her kind of walk a little bit faster as it scurries beside her. And Blap kind of waits for a second, looks from one of you to the other to like see if either of you have like anything to say or if you're gonna go after her and if you don't respond then he just shrugs and he goes catches up trots up catches up with Babitha and walks silently with her towards the mess hall I guess yeah Liza's just gonna pat G on the head pat Rafe on the head and just go deuces <laughs> And just moonwalk out of there. You guys pass the next few hours then in the mess hall, in the rec space, playing games, playing cards, betting, gambling, making friends with the soldiers and the, the deck workers, as it were, the sh ship workers, people coming up from their breaks down in the engine rooms, smell like soot and sweat. And then we'll flash cut, maybe... 8.30, 9pm as you guys are there maybe half tipsy on some spritzes as well always Captain Valentino Costuma de Sangre comes downstairs and you guys can see him, it's kind of like he comes down and all of the people don't get si they don't go silent 
but you can tell that they lower their voices kind of in a, in a bit of respect as he's approaching. And he makes eyes at Galtier and Liza and heads towards, I guess also Babitha, but you know, Galtier is his, his equal and Liza's maybe a little bit of a love interest here. He looks at Liza, the baseline drops. And he approaches you guys. He puts puts his hands down on the table while he's standing up and he's tapping his fingers really gently. I presume that you might want to come see, no? And I ask also in interest of myself, I would like to gaze upon it myself with the spyglass, Babitha. Oh, yes, yes, of course, darling. Let's go. Help help an old woman out, please. Oh, of course. She puts her hand out hops down off of the stool that she clearly had to work at climbing <laughs> onto so she's been pretty dedicated to staying atop of yes. so he leads Babitha upstairs and like got maybe a little wink towards Liza are you going to join uh, um yes yes I am uh, oh, come, of course of course we are we need to get this reconnaissance come on everybody <laughs> oh Oh, Liza, your sense of humor always gets to me. I regret flirting with him. Huh? <laughs> you guys head upstairs. He's holding Liza's hand. He's trying to hold Liza's hand. Liza, <laughs> Liza lets it happen. Hell yeah. You guys head up to the top deck and outside in, into the air. And it's definitely dark at this point, getting dark. You can see the full moon off to one side and the stars are starting to become visible in the sky. It's just at the tail end of sunset right now. And you can see off in the distance, maybe another hour's ride, half hour's ride, this big black void of the maelstrom. Like black, black? Black, black. Might I perhaps gaze upon it, Babitha? Uh, uh, Of course, of course. And she hands the spyglass over. He takes it, and you can tell that he's nervous and excited and... This is the closest that anybody's really been to the maelstrom with any possibility of like looking at it like this. And he clicks it open and he holds it up to his face, to his single eyeball. And then he lowers it and hands it to Babitha. And Babitha, you look through and you see the maelstrom as this, just this black void in space, but from the top left quadrant of the maelstrom you see like light bursting out just this white light that's looks like a like a solar flare or something coming off of this thing oh so it's like it's like uh like looking at a black hole but seeing the the ring around it that's just pure light yeah, and there's just this one spot that's just yeah. It's like it's spraying light out. Yeah. Yeah. 
like a road flare kind of yeah thing. yeah 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 totally yep interesting and is that in the place where the gem was that would track mm. well we have our target unfortunately we don't seem to have much of a map to get to it. This is very peculiar, don't you find? It's almost as if there's nothing there. And yet, it has a sort of overbearing presence to it, doesn't it? Yes, like a mother-in-law. Yes. Yes. Have have you had in-laws before, Liza? Moving on. (laughs) The... Oh, we're gonna circle back on that one. <laughs> the engines of the Uruka kind of sputter and die out, and the whir of the propellers even is just like, and you sort of just start to float gently towards this thing. This the maelstrom feels like an immense obsidian moon that it's just sitting like three quarters in the water, above the water, one quarter down, submerged in the surface. And these thick black storm clouds are sort of swirling around it in various directions all over the place. But as you get closer, in this time that you guys are standing on the the deck looking at it, the thing that you notice more than anything else is the fucking smell. It smells like you're seeing these, like, bursts of lightning from these clouds that are just bursting in and just licking the surface of the maelstrom. So you're smelling this ozone, but but it's also combined with the stench of rotting corpses and all forms of creatures and monsters swirling in this black band of disgusting sea foam that trails along the entire edge where the maelstrom meets the ocean. Well, that is a truly horrifying sight. Gavin, were you aware that this thing was slaughtering sea life? Of course not. They've never been this close. He's quite repulsive now. And he covers his nose. I assume your troops have attempted to view this thing from under the waves before. It is exactly as it appears above. It is... As above, so below. As above, so below. This makes me further concerned that we won't be able to just pass through this. Hmm. We should do our proper due diligence and investigate the protrusion, no? Babitha, can you point out here on our plane where you see this light spike? Of course, darling. It's uh, right over there. Can we can we see anything on, without the spike? I mean, does it, it look like it's, it's totally uniform? It looks like totally uniform, it? yeah. Okay. Well, that is uh, rather peculiar. Roll an um, insight real quick. All of us? Yeah. Okay. Or, I'm sorry, I don't want insight. I want arcana. Even better. <laughs> I'm sorry. Seven. <laughs> so that's a 17 for Babitha. 
and a 16 for blep. How about our resident fighter human? <laughs> oh, should I, I roll for Arcana? Yeah, why not? Ooh, hey, it's a 10. Okay. Uh, it's I, perfectly I think, regular. I think that you're going to get this knowledge just based on it, your proximity to Babitha. Kill? No, uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Babitha and Flap, um specifically. Um, having the knowledge with Arcana, like, this... This is obviously some sort of magic sphere that is here, right? And it's, like, miles wide. Like, this thing is huge. Mm. So it's obviously some kind of magical sphere. And looking at this band of rotten and decomposing and dying creatures at the at, at this place where the maelstrom meets the ocean, you feel like simply touching this thing means death. And that tracks with what... Uh, Victrum DuPont's also told you. Nobody's really had the opportunity to investigate it because touching it means dying. I just simply don't know how we're supposed to transcend a fatal cloud without What happens when, when you hit it with a, uh, an object? Have you shot it with like a ballista? Do you suggest that we make an attempt? Well, here's here's my line of thinking. We we believe that potentially there's a puncture in this this sphere, mm-hmm. but obviously we don't want to risk anyone's life. If we shoot a ballista at it and it it destroys the boat, then we know that if we shoot it at the pop where this puncture is and it does not destroy the boat, if it seems to pass through, that's at least one layer of safety. But first, we'd have to know what happens when you hit it with something that's not alive already. Hmm. Hmm. So I guess what I'm saying is have a, we should shoot it. <laughs> Dizzy appears behind you and claps you on the back. Now, if this one is talking my language, we should just shoot it, Captain, just to find out. Dizzy, I had a feeling you would like this plan. Good, <laughs> good to see you up here with us. Load the ballistas! And then, uh, before you can even think twice, all of the soldiers are mustering up towards the the decks, and you hear, I mean, this is five seconds after Dizzy gave the order. <laughs> and you can see this big old cannonball. Or, not a cannonball. <laughs> yeah, big old cannonball, baby. <laughs> I was wondering that sound effect. I was like, what is this ballista yeah, that using? That doesn't make any sense at all. Not a ballista. That's a cannon. <laughs> uh, you see, uh, it would make way more sense for you to see a big, fat, fucking arrow flying out of this thing, like twelve foot long, eight foot shaft type deal, like a like a log is blasting at this thing. And Mikey's laughing at me. I don't like that. And because you said eight foot instead of eight inches, and so I'm just imagining like a fucking oh. disc. <laughs> yeah, it's you just a, it's a, a, a frisbee launcher. Yeah, it's a frisbee launcher. <laughs> In this world, ballistas are so, murder frisbees. And there's there's points on every side. <laughs> this is a Beyblade. Right so this thing this thing flies through the air, and as it comes into contact with the Maelstrom, roll perception check. Yep. 
Okay, that's my first over 10 roll. So I'm going to use a psionic dice. Okay. <laughs> Abatha got a nine. Okay. But Kelsey got, got a 19. Okay. Uh, Liza got a 25. Oh, nice. Okay, Blep and Liza. You guys are looking close as this log is flying at this thing, and what you see is this... it, It happens in an instant. This thing is flying so fast. It's just... It's such a fleeting thing that you're seeing that as this arrow touches the maelstrom, and as the tip the tip of the arrow pierces it and then you see the shaft as the shaft is piercing it you can see as the blackness of the maelstrom engulfs the rest of the shaft of the arrow and just saps it with this necrotic energy and it happens like that it's so fast it's hard to tell if the arrow has disintegrated or if the arrow has penetrated. This is just a black hole. It's a wall of necrotic magic. It's definitely well, yeah. it's definitely arcane. The understatement of the year. <laughs> well well Max said it's just a black hole. Like it's not like a it's not like a mini black hole or something. Like I mean that for legitimate clarification. Death cyclone. Now now Captain how how close do you think you can get us to a straight-on shot to test this theory. Which theory is this? Uh, well, let's take our second shot and aim for the uh, protrusion where we uh-huh. believe there might be a hole. Yes, of course. Well. Ooh! Can I... Uh, I have an idea. I have an idea. Can we look through the spyglass to see if there is evidence of the dragon? around the maelstrom? We know it was headed that direction, yeah. so yeah, we should see if it's still oh, ahead I've, of us. I've also just been, I've been assuming that Babitha is just on spyglass, like, <laughs> yeah. taking yeah. it all yeah. in. Basically, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that you see any evidence. Uh, you don't even have to roll. You, I don't think you see any evidence of this dragon on your, on this plane or the other. Whatever. <laughs> but Excuse me. The captain does tilt the boat. He cranks on the wheel. The boat, the airship, I should say, cranks to the left, and it starts sort of the the illuminated propellers start to glow a little bit more, and it slowly lifts into the air. And you feel the boat as it's flying towards this protrusion of light. Bath, would you be a dude? Uh, show that kind of gunner where to aim that thing. Of course, of course. Um, you're going to want to point it, essentially. Let's go three clicks to the port side mm-hmm. and lift it about 45 degrees. Mm-hmm. All right, hold on. I'm going to stand behind you, and I'm just going to see if you're lined up. Fire! Yes, that looks good. That looks good. I think it's good. Without any hesitation, he just cranks the the giant shooting lever, <laughs> and this other this other eight inch log <laughs> launches out and through the air. Now I realize that I was doing explosions also before, as if it were a cannon, but it clearly was not. Um, 
pew. <laughs> um, this this arrow flies through the air. Give me more perception checks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feed them to me. Fucking Christ! <laughs> That's, That's a, a nat- dirty twenty for Babitha. That's a nat and a one. Seventeen for Blep. Woo! Liza is uh, fully. The thing that went through my head when you said, like, the guy, without hesitation, pulls the lever, like, to shoot it off, I was like, ooh, how's his form? So that's all Liza's paying attention to is, okay, I need to make sure that his form on pulling the lever is good. I oh, don't he's got know his why. left leg is all the way straight back. The right leg is, is angled out just a little bit, and his butt is just protruding back just a bit. Liza, uh... That's the sound that Liza makes. <laughs> That's the sound that Liza makes when they see this soldier pull that lever. Uh, what did you, what did you get, Galtier? Uh, it's a nine. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just so fast, and it goes right into this. Like it just looks black, you know, this black void, and it's and it's getting dark out at this point too. So it's even your vision is even more hampered there, but. Tabitha looking at it through the umbral glass. You see, as it reaches in this exploding flare-like protrusion in the maelstrom, you see the arrow in full view go straight through this light without any apparent necrotic effect. Okay, so testing our hypothesis with the ballista was effective. It does appear to have gone through the uh, uh, protrusion. Scott free. Harm free. Hmm. Nick, what is this thing like? Is it towards the top of the sphere where that like? Because it's, it's the angle. The angle it must have been hit by a meteor, right? So yeah, yeah. I'm going to turn to the captain and say, well, if you could get us uh, up above that position uh, and as close as you can get, that would, I would appreciate that. Babitha, how long is that fancy rope of yours? I have an idea. It's a mission that seems impossible, but I think <laughs> with your rope... <laughs> can I just say one thing... Um... Babitha, looking at this protrusion in the side, as now you're kind of like rounding the side of the maelstrom where you can see it, and you're also going up, and you can get a good look at this hole. The hole in the side of the maelstrom through the umbral spyglass is 150, 175 feet wide. Okay, so it's big. Oh, it's big. It's quite large. And you know from the captain's love of the ship that this ship is exactly 113 feet port side to starboard so we're it would be close but we could we could do it I, I believe we have one one more test to try before we send the whole airship through which is why I'm of course we must be safe I'm volunteering to, to dangle down through the maelstrom and uh, make sure that it doesn't kill me instantaneously in which in the event that it does Babitha, please haul my body back up onto the ship and take care of that for me. I do have Spare the Dying now, darling, so. Excellent. His body's just, like, sitting on top of the black hole, and you're just like, well, I well, can't get close to him, so. 
Sir Oath Knight! One of the guys running the ballista shouts. Let me! There's no need to imperish your own existence for no reason. Imperish? I don't know, I made it up. Imperil? That's what I meant. I'm just a soldier. There. It's, my, it's mighty generous of you, son, but we're going to need you to man your station. Understood, sir. Well, the NPC okay. could also do it. Or the we could GM just... The GM tossed us an NPC to, to test, so we didn't uh, put ourselves at risk. And you guys were like, no, goddammit. I want to <laughs> have a contest over which one of us tries Galtier. to die. Galtier wants to be a hero, dingy. What if Rafe does it and he breaks himself... On what if he the breaks the guys, plane of the maelstrom? Yeah. Guys, I gotta tell you, there is a 0% chance of letting Rafe do this. <laughs> <laughs> if that motherfucker does something heroic while I'm standing on the deck, oh, oh god. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Alright, let's pull the trigger. Okay, G's doing it. G, tie yourself up a nice little harness. Yeah. Strap yourself to... to Babitha's rope of climbing, and the ship gets perilously close to the maelstrom. Perilously. But, fortunately for you, Captain Castrama de Sangre is a top-notch captain. Excellent. Galtier will sort of look at everyone and say, Now remember, things start to look bad for me. Yank me up, get me out of there. We're just trying to proof a concept here. We don't need to spend too much time. Does the spyglass have, like, a like a binocular strap or anything on it? Does it, or does it have <laughs> Yeah, like a, sure, sure. Or like, or like sometimes they have those little handhold things. Yeah, um, yeah, I think probably handhold. He's got croakies. Okay. I'm gonna ask Babith um, and say, well now, I, I'd like to take that spyglass with me in the event that I don't pass out and I can maybe look around a little bit. Could one of y'all help me tie this off to my hand just in case I, I lose consciousness? Blep immediately comes over and very efficiently ties it to your hand. Um, and he's kind of like awkwardly like maintaining eye contact with you. Like it's kind of like a weird like silent brag. But like, yeah, I can do this without even looking. <laughs> um, yeah, really great at tying He nuts. is looking up at you, obviously. Making that look. But Liza, still menacing. Liza is just gonna like, I don't know punch him in the stomach lightly and just be like you got this bro and like reaches out to give like the most uncomfortable fist bump it's just like knuckles forward not 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 full <laughs> fist it's just like knuckles forward uh, and, like a gorilla yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's bardic inspiration oh nice Galtier thinks Galtier thinks they're going in for a handshake and like doesn't pivot fast enough so he just kind of grabs the gorilla knuckles <laughs> and, they just, and they awkwardly shake and let go wow it sounds like when I shake my dad's hand <laughs> Dizzy Dosk as you're walking towards the rail she yanks back on the rope and she points at you and she says be careful Crimson be careful oh, now yeah. hurry up I know today's not the day that I die and he's just gonna get himself off the ship. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then slowly, like, it's it's full, yeah, full Mission Impossible style. <laughs> Galtier's going down and going down, and even up in the ship from where you guys are right now, you can hear, like, the air and the wind, and you guys are in these dark, thick rain clouds, and there's lightning that occasionally is like... 
lightning and thunder from the clouds licking on the side of the maelstrom. And Galtier, you're going down through one of these clouds. You catch the rope. You're five, ten feet away from this, where this hole is. And you're looking at it without the, the spyglass, and it just looks like the maelstrom, where you, you know if you touch it, you will die. But as you hold the umbral spyglass up to it, you can see it's just this radiant light emitting from it. And looking around, you can see where the, even through the spyglass, where the maelstrom is just black on all the other sides, but you're right in the middle of this big white hole. Hey, <laughs> Just like the Charybdis, am I right? So, no. you're standing... You're, you're just floating Mission Impossible style in front of this radiant light and you slowly start to go down as he's lowering the ship it jerks around a little bit and the air and the wind everything on your body starts to rattle and clang as you feel the pressure and now you're six inches in front of this surface you're feeling every feeling the wind you're feeling the pressure and you drop down more and more and then like a vacuum all the air is sucked from your lungs you cough can't catch your breath for a second it's like you just fell on your back harder than you've ever fallen in your life and you can't catch your breath and then everything just stops the wind the lightning the smell is gone all of the intensity that you were feeling just sort of disappears as you see a calm ocean below you and you can see the moon and the stars in a perfectly clear night sky and then in the center of the maelstrom you see lumen sanctum the island is two and a half three miles across and generally in the shape of a circle from what you can see and towards the middle of the island lumen sanctum itself just like you saw on the map that Liza found. In the southeast corner of the sanctum, shooting into the sky a fucking thousand feet, a tall, spiraling blue tower. The first lighthouse of Astrovale. Kalthia's gonna take a quick beat to just be like, holy shit, this is like a, this is like a notable historical place, right? This is like a weird thing to just see like in this context. Um, and then just do like 10 seconds of recon with the spyglass. Just like, literally it's like, are there dragons? Are there any big shining lights that are scary? Like, you know, not in detail at all, just like a quick pan around to see what's on the umbra plane in there or if or what if he even sees anything at all, you know. I'll tell you what you see next time. Oh, Bone boys and On knuckle bones. Oh. Half the reason I said it was quick was because I thought I could maybe jerk, jerk on the rope and come back up and we could fly the <laughs> ship through in this episode. I was like, oh, we got five minutes, we can make it happen. I love the idea of cutting off that so, Mission Impossible in the, in the hole.